Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Soprano. Joining us is Earthworks President Joel Simmons. Joel is one of the innovative entrepreneurs in the golf industry, and he's also a well-known soil expert. Joel is going to describe biological soil management in this podcast, but he's also going to tell the fascinating story of how Earthworks got its start and sustained success in the golf industry. For more information on some of the topics that Joel discusses in this podcast, visit www.earthworksturf.com. We're glad that Joel was able to take some time to join us, and we know you're going to learn a few things from hearing him speak. Well, Joel, thanks for joining us. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is just how would you describe biological soil management in your own words? Well, thank you, Guy. It's a pleasure to be here sitting with you. I think you and I have talked about this before, but we've been uh, doing this for some 30 years, and it's interesting. We, we were finding old pictures from some very first trade shows that we did, and in the very corner of the booth was a sign that said biological soil management. So we've coined this phrase 30-some years ago now. And what biological soil management is, in, in definition terms, is the systematic method for leveraging the power of soil microbes to beautify the turf, improve plant vitality, and most importantly, while reducing input. So it's a process by which we can systematically build the soil properly and feed the soil properly so microbiology can, uh, can really do the job that it can do for us. And if microbiology is doing its work properly, all of our work is a lot easier, and, and uh, as we say here at Earthworks, we have a very deep respect for what golf course and sports turf superintendents do, and that's really what this is all about, is creating that environment that allows their life to be a little bit easier. Joel, when you created the, uh, the philosophy 30 years ago, did you feel like you'd still be talking about it in 2019? Again, 30 years ago, certainly I was green as could be. I, I didn't know much about anything. I mean, I even remember uh, a couple superintendents that, uh, you know, took me under their wings and, you know, showed me what a ball washer was and what a fairway was and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, and it, was, it was all new. I mean, 30-some years ago, there wasn't a lot of people talking about soil biology. There wasn't a lot of people talking about, and you don't hear me use this word much, but they, don't talk, they weren't talking a lot about organics. But we were, I and mean, we were really adamant about this, and we were very passionate about uh, what, we, what we believed in. And we wanted to really start making soil uh, an issue. And we, we created a consulting company called Soil First Consulting, and our mantra has been soil first from, from the very early go. So, yeah, we've been talking soils and biological soil management and microbiology and all of these things long before anybody talked about it. You can only imagine some of the uh, abuse we took for it over those years. I think back in those days, there was maybe two companies that had anything close to what we were doing and saw what, uh, what they were doing, and we, we, uh, we tried to improve upon it. So it's been an interesting ride for all these years uh, since we started this thing in the late 80s, which is how far back we go. What was it like building a company around that philosophy? It was interesting. The story of Earthworks is, is kind of interesting. I, I, um, I'm a former county extension agent here in the Northampton County of Pennsylvania. Our office is in Easton, Pennsylvania. I came into the county in the late, and well, actually in the uh, early 80s, 
And I was very fortunate to meet a gentleman by the name of Jerry Brunetti. Um, and Jerry was um, running a company that dealt with animal health care and, and agronomy and all sorts of stuff. And Jerry took me under his wing as a young, uh, recently graduated Penn State uh, you know, student and worked very diligently at re-educating me and kind of taking the pH out of my system, if you will, and teaching me how a soil really works. And it was a fascinating experience. And a number of years later, he and I started Earthworks. And uh, as, as a thought of being a franchise lawn care company, we had formulated two of our, our main products, two products that we still sell today, a product called uh, Replenish 545 and a liquid soil conditioner called Kick. And that was our whole product line. We were going to be a franchise lawn care company. We took it out uh, to the, you know, the concept. We built the concept, and we started building all the business models. And then one day I woke up and said, you know, I just don't want to be a franchise lawn care company. And I called Jerry, and I said, what if we just became a manufacturer? And he, of course, said to me, I've been trying to tell you that for six months, but you're too stubborn and hard-headed. So smacked me in the back of my head, and we woke up, and we became a manufacturer. And... Uh, and again, learned. I mean, every step of the way we learned. And, and I tell the story a lot, is that we started working with these products at certain places. And I, I tell this story in a lot of my uh, meetings and my soil academies that I teach. I took the 545 to uh, Tom Briner at Fiddler's Elbow. And he called me one day and said, Joel, you got to get out here and see this. And I'm, of course, paranoid and panicked and thinking that the place is on fire. There's all sorts of things going wrong. And uh, I came out there and I, you know, looked around not knowing a whole lot about what I was looking at. And he said, look at this, look at this. And I'm looking at it and I don't see any death or destruction. And I said, what? And he goes, it's the only fairway that's standing up tall and not purpled around this whole property. And so we, you know, started to, you know, believe even more. At least I should say I started to believe even more. And uh, what happened was we started to go into um, into a situation where um, we were able to uh, take the same product to to the guy down the street, and we didn't have the same reaction. And we started scratching our head, and we realized, well, the the difference there is obviously it's the soil. So we started soil testing, and uh, last year we did 15,000 soil tests for clients all across the country, across the world. Uh, and, and that's what biological soil management is. It starts with looking at what the soil really is. So when we look at soil tests, we're looking at them mostly to affect soil physics, because if we can get chemistry right, we will change the physical profile of the soil just enough to flocculate it, just enough to move air and water through it a little bit better, certainly on the heavier soils. Uh, and, and that allows for a better environment for soil biology to proliferate. And then we built a product line, carbon-based fertility, that feeds microbiology. So by feeding them minerals and, and multiple forms of carbon, we're creating a very diverse and dynamic biological profile that really expands the opportunity for nutrients to mobilize for uh, thatch to break down, for roots to grow better, for soils to flocculate more, for humus to develop, building better water holding capacity. So these things we, we learned very, very early on. And, and this is what we've been doing for 30-some years now. And, um, and it continues to grow, which is kind of interesting. And I think we're at a, a point in the industry now where people are truly starting to understand that soils uh, really do need to look, be looked at first. Well, 15,000 soil tests 
in 2018. What type of corporate infrastructure do you need to handle that volume? Uh, our agronomist, we have a staff of uh, incredible guys that are, are all uh, industry guys that have been in the field, um, all working uh, in, in, the, uh, in the golf and or sports turf industry. Um, recently, we hired a gentleman by the name of Kevin Hicks, who many people know is the superintendent of Coeur d'Alene. I've known Kevin for 25 years, but uh, our, our guys are as good as anybody in the industry, and they're all agronomists. So um, we look at these tests. They come through my desk, and then they, they go out to the various agronomists. Each one of them evaluate them, and then, then they uh, send, spend some time talking to their clients about you know, how to make, um, make their soils work better for them. And when, when we do make them better, you know, the plant is stronger, they rebound better, they recover better, the resilience is better, and the system starts to work. And, and again, it goes back to this idea of showing a golf course superintendent a deeper respect. And, you know, really our goal and hope is that we can help these guys have a better life. I get comments from guys saying, you know, since I've been working with you guys, I, I get to go home at 3 o'clock and see my family. I, you know, I, I get to have barbecues with, the, with, uh, with my family and the neighbors now. I, I, don't, you know, I don't go to bed thinking the place is going to be dead when I get in there in the morning. I, I actually sleep better. And those are the greatest comments that we get when the superintendent can tell us that, you know, it's, it gives me time or it, it allows me to sleep better. And, and, and those are the kind of things that keep us going. And we've been hearing those stories for 30, 31 years now. So it's, uh, there's great gratitude with us and, uh, and all of us are feeling that here at the company. As everybody knows, things happen in the golf industry sometimes at a slower pace than other industries. What was it like getting early adopters and what were some of the early pushbacks and roadblocks you encountered when you started talking about biological soil management? We were innovators, and, and we're still innovators in a lot of ways because we really build very complex products. And, uh, and it's, it, when you're building a product line that is as dynamic and as complex as what the Earthworks line is, it's been a challenge to really help people understand that. And, you know, and like I said, Jerry Brunetti, who is my mentor and, and uh, really did the original formulations, just was so far ahead of the time. And, and again, I, I would still contend that we are. Uh, but, man, back in the day, um, I could probably, I certainly couldn't tell you the words that were used to me on, uh, on tape because it wouldn't be appropriate. But I think I heard every nasty word going down. Uh, I tell a story often. Uh, I remember one of the very first trade shows we were at, and uh, we had our, you know, our goods displayed at the table. And the guys next to us, I don't know who they were, and it doesn't matter, but I remember them saying, oh, my God, those guys, they're going to ruin the industry. It's been a strong pushback. I mean, we started with getting pushed back from some of the concepts of soil, and, and you know, we use a, a base saturation model, and academia and USGA just does not understand what a base saturation model really can do. It works extremely well on, on high CEC soils. I can honestly say it's never failed me in 31 years, and we've made huge changes in the physical structure. On lower CEC soils, on sand-based soils, it doesn't quite do the same. Uh, and we don't lean on it as much. We lean more on soluble testing uh, protocols and data, and, and those, uh, those protocols support what we're doing as well. So uh, it's, it's constantly you know, a, a battle. I mean, one of the things that I remember hearing early on is that, oh, organics, they're not going to work until the soil temperature rises until, you know, until it's June or July. And, you know, my response to that is that golf course superintendents are not stupid. 
stupid in any way. They're quite brilliant, and they're the hardest-working group of people I've ever met. If our product didn't work until June, I would have been out of business 30 years ago because nobody would have bought the second bag. In fact, what we find is when you get biological soil management processes working, it starts to warm the soil up. Our clients are the first to come out of dormancy, and they're the last to go into dormancy because the soil is working better for them. The microbiology is lasting you know, longer because there's food there for them to proliferate on. It keeps them active. Um, I spent some time this week talking to a couple clients in, in California, and both of them said to me, goes, man, I, I came out of the chute, and this is a, a market that just had 45 inches of rain. Uh, you know, they were telling me that my, my property is as green as it could possibly be. And, of course, my first reaction to that always is, well, are, you know, are you growing out of your shorts? And he goes, no, we're not, you know, we're growing nicely. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of cuttings, but I'm not getting a lot. I've, you know, I've got incredible density and I've got great color across the board. And nobody around me is, is this, is this uh, rich in color at this point in time. So biological soil management is coming to fruition. And people are starting to understand after all these years uh, that it is working. But all the uh, and there's still a lot of negativity out there, but we have never changed our philosophy. We're never going to change our philosophy. You know, our guys here are are all you know committed to the to the passion and the concept of what we're doing, and I think most of our clients have. And one of the interesting things that we found was um, the guys that work with us. There's they understand it. They 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 start to embrace the concepts and they understand why we're doing what we're doing. We're trying to get the soil to be your friend as opposed to work against you. And and it's just you know the truth kind of prevails, and we will continue to do this until we're done. Um, but it works. It's never failed. And uh, I think you can see by virtue of how many people in the industry are now talking the same kind of language that we started coining 30 years ago. I'm hearing it being re- regenerated in the industry and, and uh, you know, in ads and in, in talks and all sorts of interesting things. So there's a lot to it. And it's, uh, it, it works. So it's, it's, been, it's been rewarding for all of us. Joe, what kept you going when there were so many skeptics out there? Was it a belief in the philosophy, a, a passion for it, people you were, you were meeting that were embracing it? What really kept you going through those periods where you, you were getting a lot of pushback? That's a great question, Guy. Um, a lot of it is the passion. I mean, I, I personally um, completely believe in what we're doing, and, uh, and I certainly got that same uh, push from Jerry, my business partner, uh, I mean, the two of us were, were very much on the same page. And once you see what we're doing works, it's been a slow process. I mean, we've never grown in leaps and bounds. And we're still not a huge company, but, you know, we've grown very steadily over these 30 years, and we've, we've never had a, a, a bad year. When you get to work with a guy that's just struggling, and, and then you can help him uh, really change the way things go. I mean, I, I tell stories in my classes of guys that they literally couldn't airify their fairways um, and, and they didn't understand why. And when we went in and we soil tested it and we identified that, hey, it's the soil that's causing these problems, we were able to make some, some changes, simple changes, some, sometimes as easy as just applying the proper type and amount of limestone and a little bit of carbon-based fertility. Uh, I mean, I, I tell a story in my academy constantly that 
uh, talks of a superintendent that couldn't airify. He was putting out eight pounds of nitrogen a year. Uh, he was on, on, on the razor's edge of getting fired, and he was, um, he was really stressed. I mean, you could just see it in, in his whole lifestyle. And in a, in a year or so, year and a half, we were able to make uh, the proper changes in that soil. We opened up the soil. Uh, we reduced his nitrogen from 8 pounds, ultimately using 545, down to 1 pound of nitrogen on his fairways for the year. And what 8 pounds of synthetic nitrogen does really well is it grows a great crop of thatch. And he had a massive crop of thatch. We were able to digest that down in a few years. Uh, he went from being a goat to being a hero. He got a raise. He ended up getting a better job. He slept at night. But he could then run an aerifier over these fairways without breaking a tine, where before he would just literally snap the tines on his aerifier in half. And we went from, from that dramatic situation to a situation where when it rained, he could get carts on the cart on a, on on the fairways within hours as opposed to within days what you know what he was fighting before and his members this is probably the coolest part of this story his members actually you know were complimenting him on how great the place looked and he just was amazed by that and like i said he ended up getting a much better job and moving on but the first thing he said to me was man i haven't slept so well in a long time this is great so, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that keeps you going. And when you can really help, especially a young guy, uh, you know, really understand how a soil really works, and it is a biological soil management process, they become engaged, they understand it, and I have rarely seen anybody go backwards from going into a biological soil management model into a conventional model and, and, you know, going back to the days of growing thatch and tightening up the soils and fighting the fight all the time and fighting diseases all the time. So um, I, I think probably more than anything, and I think every one of my guys at, on our team would probably say the same thing, when you can work with a guy and really make their life better, it's greatly rewarding. So uh, I think that's probably the best way I can answer your question. What effect does biological soil management have on inputs? We see all sorts of uh, neat things. I mean, we see a soil opening up. We see better drainage. We see better water holding capacity. Doing a lot of work in, in dry climates over the last number of years when they were fighting droughts, um, our guys were, were maintaining. I mean, in bad summers, our guys get into trouble later, and they get out of them a lot faster. One of the interesting things, you know, that we see in, in, in our industry is we still have the roadblock of a lot of guys think that, um, you know, carbon-based fertility, or again, hating to use the word organics, uh, affect negatively the playability of the property. In fact, that's exactly the opposite. We improve playability because we can push the plant um, without having a lot of growth. We can push the root systems. Uh, when you've got biology working for you, you're getting better nutrient mobility. And not only are you getting better nutrient mobility, but you're getting mobility of everything that is potentially available in the soil. So any mineral, any nutrient that might be there is now getting mobilized, and the plant can take it up better. So we can rebound quicker. We've got better resilience. So when you've got a tournament week or when you've got some really stretches of lousy weather, you can push and you can create some real playable conditions. Uh, one of the things that we still get pushed on, and I kind of mentioned earlier, is 
there's still a, uh, you know a number of consultants that run around and say, oh, you don't want to be using organics because they're going to all release in June. That's not even close to being true. In fact, what we do really well is help everybody reduce inputs. So it's been a very uh, learned experience. But what we see, and we can again by doing you know 18,000 or 15,000 soil tests a year, we see data streams from. Uh, from clients that we've been looking at for some of which 25 years we've seen their data stream. And you can see it on paper, and you can see it in the field. You can see it when you're talking to the superintendent. But what we see is less disease pressure, less inputs, better water holding capacity, certainly less thatch, better root systems, uh, better flocculation of the soil so drainage works better. and The whole system just starts to really kick in, and everything works better. So superintendents are coming to me and saying, look, this is great. I, I don't even think about fertility that much anymore. I tell this story, uh, again, and I keep repeating myself, but I tell these stories at some of my classes. I had a superintendent that moved into a property that we'd been working on for years, and and I went into this property to meet this new superintendent. I said I, I wanted to explain to him what we had been doing and how well this property had been managed, and you know it was truly a well-tuned biological soil management environment, and they were using very little inputs. And I went in and I had this meeting, and and I could tell by talking to this gentleman that you know he's got his own philosophy, and that's good. I I respect that. And I walked out of there thinking I'm I'm never going to hear from him again. And I got a call maybe six months down the road, and he called me and said, Joel, i got to talk to you again. Can you tell me what you guys have been doing? He had told me his basic fertility philosophy is when he saw the plant starting to decline, he'd bring the spreader or the spray truck out and, and start putting out product. And he was so busy in his new job that he, he didn't even think about fertility because he didn't see anything falling off. And then all of a sudden he woke up realizing, wait a second, I've been here for six months and I haven't put any fertilizer out. And um, and he called me back and said, "What are you doing here again? Tell me this story again." And and you know we went through it all again and showed him the soil tests and and the records and and all that stuff. And you know he that property was down to you know on fairways I think they were down to one one and a half pounds of nitrogen for the whole season and it it did well. I get those calls all the time from clients saying, "Yeah, I I, I put out a tenth of pound last fall and I'm I'm you know I'm I'm looking great right now. We're hardly putting anything down there." So. Um, you know, again, those are the kind of things that keep us going at night and, uh, you know, help us wake up in the morning and say, yeah, this is a great gig. Joel, last year was a crazy weather year in a lot of parts of the country. What type of results did you see from superintendents that had been using this approach? Last year was a horrible year. 30-some years in this industry, actually even more because I kind of started in the 80s. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a year worse than last year. And, and I wouldn't say to anybody that, you know, even our guys got through it perfectly. They didn't. It was a tough year, especially here in the Northeast, but, it, but pretty much everywhere across the country. So, you know, and obviously the problem was, um, you know, a lot of roller coasters, but an awful lot of rain. And again, um, when any weather condition is as bad as it was last year, we still tend to get into problems later and get out of it better. When the soil is open physically, when we do our due diligence, which is the starting point of the concept of biological soil management, and the soil is managed properly, it does drain better. So we're not saturated the way um, some tighter soils might be. 
uh, even in sandy soils where we're, we're able to flocculate the thatch layer, um, that thatch layer, when we turn it into humus, it drains better so it's not a sponge and just holds water at the surface and, and creates this real problem. In seasons where um, it's really hot and dry, you know, we've got some recoverability there. But anytime you have um, Mother Nature fighting you, it's always a challenge. But when, when you're working with Mother Nature the way we're doing it by getting microbial activity there, even in weather like we had last year, our guys recovered well. I mean, again, I wouldn't suggest to anybody that anything is perfect. There's always um, lots of challenges in, in, in the nature of the beast, and, and that's what we're always going to face as a, you know, agricultural, you know, commodity, if you will. Um, but, but it's a, uh, it, you know, when you have the soil working for you and you've got all the due diligence done and, 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 and microbes are there, we don't get into problems badly, and we certainly get out of them a lot faster, and that's what we saw last summer. What has it been like over the years building the Earthworks product line to address the needs of the soil and this approach? Explain the process of some of the products you've built over the years. Well, the first ones were pretty easy because, you know, we knew we wanted to do a couple of things. We wanted to feed the soil. So, I mean, one of our mantras is balance the chemistry and feed the soil. Balancing the chemistry is the soil testing. So if we can get the soil testing right and then, you know, we get a little bit of carbon and mineral into the system, the system starts to work really well. Now, we discovered that by virtue of doing what we do. Uh, again, as I said earlier, we weren't going into this business model with the idea that we were going to be doing this many soil testing. In fact, I've been fortunate that I've been able to partner with Susan Shaner at Logan Labs, and we've been uh, very close with her from, from day one. Uh, Susan is the owner and operator of Logan Labs, and their operation is just phenomenal. I mean, they're, they're the best of the best, and it's just been a wonderful relationship to be able to have that kind of data. And one of the cool things that we're able to do with Susan is is database everything and, and, and pair it from uh, site to site. So if we're doing work with a client and, and we're, we're testing Green 5 every month, uh, which we do often, uh, we can run that on a comparison report, and we can just start to track this. So having that kind of data has allowed us to better understand how the soil's working, and it's also allowed us to build better products because many of our products were built based on observation but also on soil testing data. Uh, we have a product called CalVantage, which is one of our biggest selling liquid products. It's a calcium product that has multiple forms of calcium in it, and we built that product based on looking at soil test data, tracking data that said, you know, we're just not getting enough calcium in, into the system. And we know calcium is one of the most important elements uh, in, the, in the overall health of, of any plant, but certainly on a, on a botanically simple plant like grass. Having adequate amounts of calcium going into that leaf is going to build turgidity. It's going to build cell wall strength. It's going to help fight for disease and insect problems. Uh, and it's, it, you know, in our case, it came strictly from doing all the work that we do with soil testing. Uh, but the initial concept was we want to have multiple forms and very dynamic forms of carbon in the process, in the food uh, bank, if you will, in the soil. And we want to have rock minerals. So when we look at carbon, we're looking at it not just from a very linear standpoint. So we're not just using one form of carbon. We're not just using a worm tea or a compost or, or something to that, a kelp meal or a fish meal. We're using combinations of things. So um, I, I use the analogy, when you have a linear form of carbon, a single element of carbon, 
uh, you're feeding a very narrow bandwidth, if you will. Uh, when you when you put multiple forms of carbon, now you're feeding a much broader bandwidth of microbial population in that soil. So the concept that we built way back when was we want to feed as much of that population that's there as we possibly can. If we only used one product, it would be certainly easier for us as a manufacturer, but um, it would not feed the population's dynamic as much as we want. So we want to feed millions of microbes, not just hundreds of microbes. We also want to make sure that we're remineralizing soils. And this is one of the uh, concepts that Jerry Brunetti taught us that was incredibly important to, to the earthwork success, is that by bringing in things like rock phosphate, sulpomag, calcium minerals, um, all sorts of different, we use a product called green sand, which is a potassium silica, uh, and in combination, all of these multiple forms of minerals are there on a very sustainable basis. Now, we've been heavily criticized over the years by, by many folks by saying, oh, well, this, these things aren't going to ever be available. But they are available in the presence of organic acids that are spit out by plants uh, and by the presence of active and diverse populations of microbes. So by having rock minerals, we're remineralizing a soil that's been demineralized. And since most of the soils in sports turf and golf course, certainly the important ones, the golf greens and tees and the sports fields are sand-based. If they're not sand-based, they're, they're certainly heavily top-dressed over the years, so they're still a low CEC, sand-focused soil. These soils do not have a lot of mineral. Uh, they're just, by nature, not very mineral-rich. So what we're doing is we're, we're applying mineral to the soil so that when the plant pushes its little roots down in there and says, you know, I need some phosphorus. It can spit out an organic acid. It can dissolve that rock phosphate just enough, much like you would dissolve a hard candy in your mouth, dissolve just enough of that to pull in that little bit of phosphorus so it gets it when it needs it at the time that it needs it most. And that's the concept of remineralization. And by feeding the soil with multiple forms of carbon, we're not only being able to create um, you know, a population explosion, but we're, we're able to create a very broad population expo explosion. And what we don't know about soil biology is much bigger than what we do know. But what we do know is that if we feed them, um, they will do the work for us that we need so that we can create, a, you know, a really uh, active uh, plant and root system. And, and that's been the concept. So over the years, we've, um, you know, we keep building different products. And, you know, we spent some time just yesterday as a team talking about a couple new concepts that we want to bring to the table because, you know, we're always studying, we're always learning, we're always looking at soil tests, you know, we're always talking to superintendents and, and, and finding out what, what, what issues they're uh, battling on a regular basis. So we've been fortunate by having all that soil testing data, by, by being able to do what we call monitoring tests. And we do a monitoring program with clients constantly. And, and what I mean by that is I'll work with a client and we'll run two samples every month and just monitor every single month, you know, uh, green one and green 15, and, and look at that as a snapshot on a soluble test every month and just see what's mobilizing and what's not mobilizing. The other thing that we do quite well is we manage the negatives, things like sodium and bicarbonates, and we, we work at fighting the red flags that could potentially really cause some problems, and we build products based on those kind of things. And I tell people all the time that I think in the golf course industry and in, in the sports turf industry, bicarbonates and sodium are probably the first 
limiting factor that affect um, their day-to-day activity. So it's, it's something that we look at on soil tests. It's something that we build programs for. Um, we're very active at building programs. One of our more powerful programs is a, uh, a program we call the, the uh, Kick Rinse In program, uh, and it helps us, uh, it helps us fight uh, sodium and bicarbonates on a fairly regular basis. Joel, let's say a superintendent is listening to this or has a peer that's using this approach or sees something in a magazine about it. How does he or she get started in biological soil management? That's easy. Take a soil test. That's the first thing we always do. Anytime we talk to somebody that we, we haven't worked with before, before we do anything, we have to take a soil test. Because uh, we, we need to understand what the, uh, you know, what the blood work is of the patient. I mean, if, if we don't know what the blood work is of the patient, we can't, we can't make intelligent decisions and we can't, you know, make a direction. You know, we're not here to sell products. We're here to build solutions and create, you know, create a situation where the superintendent can be much more successful. So, you know, and it's interesting, Guy, right now in this industry, and I'm baffled by this. I'm hearing academics going around the country, um, you know, talking in their talks and saying, well, soil testing is not necessary at all. And I'm, I'm baffled by this. I mean, all of us sit around and, and just say, well, yeah, we heard this guy is teaching, you know, he's doing class. And he says, yeah, you don't need soil testing or you don't need this. Or, you don't need this. Or, you know, all this is hocus. I, I'm, I'm baffled. It'd be like a doctor saying, oh, no, you don't need blood work. Just take these pills. You'll be fine. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's completely against everything we've ever learned. Without knowing what the blood work is of the patient, we can't do what we do. You know, we do a lot of things based on that soil test. You know, when we do construction programs, we always want to know what the foundation is before we build it. I mean, it's building a house. So, you know, the first step is always getting that data on the table and then talking about it. And you know, asking the superintendent, what are your goals? Where do you want to be in five years? What do you want to accomplish here? Uh, you know, hopefully the next step is to get some carbon and minerals into the soil profile. Um, we haven't talked about this, but one of the best places for us to work is in the construction programs. And we, we literally do hundreds and hundreds of programs for guys building greens and, um, and, and tees and sports fields. Uh, and, and we put together a, a, a program uh, that allows them to really um, kind of mimic a soil in a soilless medium. We, we built a product line called Renovate Plus that is a combination of zeolites and organic matrix and a mineral matrix. And, and, and we did that so that we could mimic a soil in a soilless medium because we know what a soil has. Uh, has a number of things. It has a CEC, hopefully. It has an organic matrix, hopefully, and it has a mineral matrix, hopefully. So what Renovate was, was it was a collection of minerals. It was a collection of short-chain, medium-chain, long-chain carbons, and it had a lot of zeolite, which has the highest CEC of any physical amendment. By incorporating that into a sand mix, uh, we've been able to build a really strong foundation and build a really strong starting point. Uh, a few years ago, we started playing with some inoculants as well, and, and the first one we started playing with was mycorrhizia. And, um, and, and the mycorrhizia product that we manufacture called Myco Replenish has been one of the biggest selling products we have now. Uh, it's unbelievable at growing roots. So when we use that in a construction program or under sod or an airification along with Renovate, we get great rooting, and, and this is a good starting point for most guys. So when we work with a new client, the first thing we're going to do is take a soil test and talk to them about their goals and what their soils look like, but then start trying to build that soil. And 
typically working through airification or if we have the opportunity to work through construction, uh, we can build a base. And that base allows us to really create the starting points for a good biological soil management uh, program. And, and it's, uh, again, I, I can't say it's ever failed uh, if it's done properly. I mean, it's been very, very, very successful. Last thing here, Joel, how rewarding and fulfilling has this whole journey been for you? Um, I would do it again. It's been interesting, and we see some cool things. I mean, watching a superintendent learn and discover uh, and change the way they go to business and and have a better life, it's been good. Building new products all the time and seeing what they can do has been very cool. We were just talking yesterday. We have a product called C3, which is probably one of our simpler products, our liquid program. Uh, And our liquids are very complex. Um, our, Our liquids are are very, very dynamic. There's 30 raw materials in these products. We're the first and only company that I know of right now that's part of the HPTA, which is the Humic Products Trade Association. And the HPTA is an organization of chemists that's basically qualifying, is what you're putting in your product truly a humic acid? Uh, we're fortunate that one of the gentlemen that, that helped start that uh, organization, uh, a gentleman by name Lawrence Mayhew, is, is in fact our chemist. He's been working with us as a consultant uh, and helping us keep our products uh, stable. And by having this incredible humic complex that we have in all of our liquids, we've, we've been able to really put more into the jug than anybody can in the industry because the humic acids stabilize everything. And we can honestly and earnestly go to anybody and say, what we have in our products is, in fact, truly a humic acid, where many companies will put things on their label like derived from humus. There, there is no humic acid in humus. So we've been very fortunate in that way. We, we've been seeing a product called C3, and our, many of our clients are coming to us and saying, hey, does this stuff kill worms? And I'm like, no, I certainly hope not. He goes, we haven't had worm castings since we've been using C3 in our fairways. What we're thinking is that we're getting some suppression because some of the things that we're, uh, we've incorporated into this product keeps the worms from coming to the surface. It doesn't kill them. It, in fact, stimulates microbial activity, but it, it keeps the worms from coming up to the surface. So that's something brand new for us. So we're, we're learning, and, and again, that's incredibly gratifying to find a product that can do something as cool as uh, helping guys keep worm casting off the surface. And as you well know, and any superintendent knows, one of the biggest headaches is trying to fight this worm casting battle, and some properties are much worse than others. But we're discovering new things all the time. We're going to start playing with some uh, biochar uh, this year and, and uh, see what that does for us. We're going to be um, you know, building other products and, and working in some other industries even. But, um, but it's, been, it's been a fun ride. And you know, I, um, I've been doing this for 30 years. I can't even imagine stopping. I mean, I really think they're going to probably – pull my cold dead body out of this building uh, you know, before, uh, before anything happens because I just can't imagine not doing what I do. And, and like I said to you earlier, this industry is made up of some of the best people and some of the hardest working people and the best work ethics of anybody I've ever seen is found in the guys that are out there in the field every day. And they do it because they have a passion for what they're doing much like what we do when, uh, you know, when we do our thing. So it's been a fun ride. I wouldn't change it for, for a thing. I mean, it's just been, it's been a battle, but my personality, I suspect. I'm an educator, I, I'm an agitator, and I want to change the world. And I think in a little way, we've kind of done that here at Earthworks. Well, Joel, it was great catching up with you. It's always awesome having these conversations with such passionate people 
like yourself. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, but more importantly, thanks for everything you've done for the golf industry and golf course superintendents. Thanks, Guy, and best of luck in your new position.